Hola, this is Gigi Saul Guerrero from Lucha Gore Productions, and you're listening to Without Your Head. Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal. I'm Treacherous Tristan. You're joined by filmmaker, musician, and all around cool person. We should have thought of a, a cool S name. Sophia Cassiola is with us. Sneaky, I don't know. <laughs> scary Sophia. That's kind of that's kind that's of scary spice. Yeah, yeah I don't of. know. <laughs> What's nice? It's nice to see you again, too. Yeah, it's been a little while. Yeah. And uh, now you've tied Michael for appearances. Okay, good, good. I like to uh, do better than him in most ways. So. <laughs> I think most people do. Yeah, <laughs> it is a competition at all times. See, so I mentioned musician. You do have a new uh, uh, video out, which is very cool. Yeah, so it's a collaboration with Catherine Capozzi, who's an awesome composer that does most of our composing work in our films. But she has a project called Bring Us Your Women, so spotlighting different icons and, and women throughout history that, you know, their stories are kind of warped through time. And so I took on Medusa and kind of wrote the song from her perspective. And we released it yesterday for International Women's Day. And the music video is very trippy. So, yeah. Yeah, the music video is great. The song's great. And uh, I didn't know the backstory of Medusa until you wrote it. Which it's was- horrible. Like, you know, she was really pretty and she was like raped and then Athena got jealous and like made her like the Gorgon and then Perseus like killed her and then used her head as like a weapon, like showing it to people to make them into stone. And then like, it's all terrible. You know, <laughs> Like she was just like a good person who's just like everybody like messed with. Um, but that's not the, you know, like, only like Clash of the Titans. Yeah, you only hear the part where she's just like evil and makes people stone, but it's like for good reason. <laughs> so... 
question. I feel bad. I named one of my cats Athena back in the day. <laughs> I know. Well, it turns out Athena sucks, which yeah. I didn't know either. You know, <laughs> I went That's down the, like, the show tonight. Athena sucks. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. By the way, uh, AJ in the chat, he's he's uh, suggests sadistic hey, right. Sophia. That's pretty good, I guess. Yeah. He must know you very well. <laughs> AJ needs to call his parents. And by his parents, I mean me and Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Not that AJ. It's a different AJ. Oh, a different AJ. Oh, man. All right. Never mind, AJ. AJ, you call your parents. It's so awkward in that case. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the other AJ to adopt him. AJ, I thought good guy. He's a good guy. We'll vouch for him. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> we were talking uh before we went live about about king Ghidorah. yes uh he's so such a maniac so king Ghidorah is our dog that we got during the pandemic so he only knows this life and it's a good life for him <laughs> he just yells at me all day and like you know takes me from room to room <laughs> on his timeline so you know if i ever have to go and do another film again which maybe someday <laughs> he'll be upset or We'll bring him with us. That's what I was thinking on set. Yeah, every contract will have like a King Ghidorah handler. <laughs> Why King Ghidorah for the name? Well, like the month we were we were uh, we adopted him, we were watching only Godzilla, and we we're trying to get through all the Godzillas, and I think we still have like twenty left. Like we did like all the sixties ones, and then we skipped to the nineties, and then we watched the new ones, and then we didn't go back to like the seventies. So like we still have like a bunch, but yeah. So he's so golden. That we were like, oh, he's a space alien here to destroy Earth, which seems apt. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. If we'd been watching Columbo at that point, because I also watched all of Columbo, we might have uh -huh. named him Columbo. It was a close call. <laughs> or Peter, I don't know. Something. <laughs> but if we adopt another dog, Godzilla and Columbo. Right? <laughs> we keep looking at dogs. So, yeah. Well, if it's a little girl, a little girl chihuahua. Yeah. You have to do you have to do the song, the Martha Yes. So My good. voice can't get that high. No, me neither. <laughs> but we made a movie with King Ghidorah. That was like one of my pandemic projects where he's uh Dracula in yeah. in, a, in a different form. So you can check that out. That's it won fun. multiple severed limbs away. Yes, it did. It's one like scariest monster, right? <laughs> It did. Your favorite monster. Our favorite. Okay. Yeah. You could tell King Ghidorah was so scarious. <laughs> They're left out with all the pets here. Yeah. Hello. So how was was that fun to make uh Blood Bloodhound? It was. It's like uh, you know, they say never work with pets or animals or children. And I think that's probably true, but for this, I just filmed him doing mostly the stuff he does anyway. And there were only like a few things that we really needed him to look like he was eating. And so like, you know, we had like these silicone blood pools that I figured wouldn't poison him. So just put some treats on that and got him to like kill Michael uh, <laughs> <laughs> that way. So it was like, there's like a little bit of like a lot of giving him treats and then just filming him doing his mini tasks that he does in his cape, which he doesn't seem to mind clothes so much. So uh, whenever I see him, I, uh, my old dog Aldo looks exactly like him. He was a minpin. Yeah, yeah, he's Love like twenty five percent minpin. Yeah, according to the DNA, we had to like shill for a DNA test. <laughs> we had to know. Yeah. He came with clothes because he was a uh, he was um, a 
owned by a by an old woman who knitted all his clothes. Aww. And then we got him. Uh, we got all his clothes. Well, it's cold in the Northeast. It is. He his he had a little snowsuit, which was adorable. It had the zipper. But the only he hated booties because he also like yeah no booties. he did not like those. they like to spread their scent through their paws. It's like we got him a a like a space puffy jacket. So I've been meaning to like film at the the rocks where Kirk fights the Gorn in Star Trek. <laughs> That's only like forty minutes. So I've been meaning to take him up there and film him like you know coming down from space in his spacesuit to fight a Gorn. Which I think more awards are coming your way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That might be his next starring role. <laughs> yeah. Tristan, do you have a question? I do, yeah. Uh, Sophia, do you have a favorite horror movie? Oh, man. Um, it's hard. It's only hard because I watch so many. <laughs> um, but I love Giallo films. And one of my favorite, favorite Giallo films is by Mario Bava. And it's called Lisa and the Devil. And it's... Uh, Telly, Telly Savalas is kind of the evil guy in it. Oh, nice. And he's like running around Rome carrying these mannequins that like turn into people. And there's like a big twist ending. And it's all just like about like, you know, her psychosis. The, uh, I think it's Elkie Summer in that. Am I wrong in that? Anyway, uh, you know, female psychosis and death and mannequins. And it's, it's a wild ride. Telly Savalas and, and mannequins. I'm sold. Yeah. Well, when I watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the Quentin Tarantino movie, uh, they put when he, Leonardo DiCaprio was in Italy doing all his like Italian knockoffs. Like one of the posters was like a Telly Savalas type poster. And I was like, oh. he's totally just doing all the Telly Savalas movies in Rome. It's so good. <laughs> so I mean, I would expect Quentin to like know about film. You know, he's watched a few probably. Yeah. Is that something you watched like later, like recently, or is that something you grew up liking? Lisa and the Devil? Uh, in the last few years. Yeah. Like growing up, I liked, uh, I loved The Exorcist as a little kid, and I rewatched that recently. And it really struck me like how much it's uh, the mother's story and like the mother, like the horror in it now is like the mother trying to get good medical care for her daughter. And like that, like just went right over my head when I first watched it. And like, you know, all like the horror and like all the images you think of that are scary are still scary and they're there. But to me, it was all about the mom. <laughs> now that I'm an old woman, you know. <laughs> well, I watched the documentary. It was really just an interview with. Uh, with that the... documentary is so good. It's called Leap of Faith, I think. Yeah. 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 I watched so, it because you posted about it. Yeah. I mean, He's so funny. Just uh, I'm blanking on his name now. Which I is am too. That's why I just said I watched the documentary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why is this happening? My brain is mush. But we saw him live talking about to live and die in LA. And it was amazing. And I could just listen to him talk. Like I don't, his brain is sharper than mine. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> he probably knows his own name. Um, <laughs> Case in point. <laughs> Case in point. Yes. Um, but yeah, he's just great. And like, I love parts in that documentary where it was like, there's no themes, which of course there's tons of themes. And then like one second later, he'll be like, every shot of the stairs is somebody ascending towards heaven. And like, that's the kind of stuff I love in films. I love visual thematic elements. And, you know, it's just so just funny to like, listen to be like, there's not, it means nothing. And then 10 seconds later to be like, it's all about going towards heaven. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Cause sometimes I, I don't like documentaries that are just like a talking head. But this one, that's you don't need anything else. You just no. just him talking is he's, amazing. He's just so good. Yeah. It, it led me to then listen to the audiobook uh, of The Exorcist, which 
it's very topical here, but but The Exorcist is also a great book. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. I we, think he tried we, to be pretty faithful to it. Yeah, it, it really is. It's pretty much you know you just you'd have to make a much longer movie, but besides that, it's basically mm-hmm. just the book. Yeah. Bob Rose has us here. William. But how did you guys uh, meet Bob Rose? Uh, well, it's funny because I think, you know, we do a lot of film festivals, usually a lot of traveling. And I think I met him for like five minutes at Genre Blast. And then somehow, like in the very beginning of the pandemic, we ended up in the same chat group. <laughs> so now we've just been making jokes to each other for nine months. And so I feel like we're pretty close friends now. Okay. That's how I met him was through, through a chat through, through you, through you and, and Michael. Yeah. I've not met him in real life, but I met him through chat. Yeah. I know he exists. (laughs) That's how you meet everyone now is through Zoom. That's it. Yeah. That's all there is. Uh, You've not made anything together with uh, Bob because he wild uh, shorts. That is also a slightly secret pandemic project that we had. Uh, So there is a feature coming that, like, you know, I was tangentially involved. I'm sort of involved in it was more Michael and, and Bob and a few other people. But yeah, so there is like a movie coming that we all worked on together during this this period. Um, yeah. Oh, very cool. And he also asked an interesting question, which ties into so, to uh, Trista's uh, T-shirt. Was uh, was if the if possessor, which I actually have a copy right here, possessor uh, was. I don't know if it, I don't know how you worded it. I should look it up probably. If it was a breakfast cereal or if they had breakfast cereal tie-in, what flavor would Possessor breakfast cereal be? I, you know, I think it should come with the mask because that mask is like so creepy. I love, I love Possessor. It was like my favorite movie I've seen in a long time. Um, I think peach is coming out to me because it reminds me of brains. Okay. <laughs> There's so much brain prodding in that movie. <laughs> I was thinking oh, yeah, yellow, yeah. so lemon, but that's kind of boring. Kind of oh, like... yeah. Peach, lemon, raspberry. <laughs> peach. Bra- now, I've never tied peaches into brains. But... It's just the color, that fleshy, gross color. Gross. <laughs> oh, wait. The, the treacherous treat shirt you can get on withoutyourhead.com slash tees. Nice. Yeah. Like a cheap plug here for own stuff. <laughs> well, Trista, another question? Yeah, so what else have you been working on in quarantine that you can talk about? Uh, I mean, <laughs> existing. No, watching a lot of Columbo. Uh, no, so <laughs> right before quarantine, Neil and I and uh, the AJ that was aforementioned and Michael and our friend Matt and Bill Whedon and Michael St. Michael's all filmed for this movie called The Once and Future Smash. And so that was probably like 50% of the movie. <laughs> what we filmed that weekend, we filmed at Mad Monster Party in North Carolina. So that was right like in February. Like we were joking about being shut down when we were leaving and like yeah. it was just a dream. Um, <clears throat> so we have a rough edit of what we did there. that <laughs> needs obviously the rest of the movie. Uh, so hopefully once everybody's vaccinated, we'll get back to a convention and, and to shooting the rest of that movie. Uh, and then there's like the movie inside the movie that we also shot, uh, which is this shirt. So, and the shirt appears in the Once in Future Smash. So a little plug for 
for that. Uh, so yeah, so we kind of have rough cuts of both of those movies now that we, uh, you know, they're waiting to be shaped and to be finished shooting. So that's, that's good. <laughs> and then like, it's just uh, the year of the mockumentary. Like there's, so the movie with Bob, I think I can say the title is the transformations of the transformations of Doctors Jenkins, uh, which a bunch of people contributed pieces to. Uh, so it's like a filmmaker, you know, a bunch of people did scenes for it. So that's pretty cool. And that'll be probably at Fest next year. And uh, just trying to think, just I've been doing a lot of music, which is fun um, because of Zoom, like everybody is like asking me to collaborate in, you know, when they wouldn't have, <laughs> if I'm like Boston in their LA or whatever, or the opposite. Uh, so now it's like kind of opened up that world of like, oh, I'll just send you a track sing on this. So I've been doing tons of music, which is great. Yeah, so like Medusa just came out and hopefully more will come out soon of that. So yeah, just like a lot of, I've been working on an anthology with a, another group, just trying to write an anthology that we all have a say in the overall uh, macro events yeah. of the anthology and we're all doing like individual A, a lot of uh, anthologies nowadays are like a lot of shorts that are made independent of everything else and then they're put together. Yeah, we're trying to do are the cool, but of There that. is something missing when they're all like, you know, actually, you could tell that there's some type of connection to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're trying to share characters and share like an overarching storyline and then all our individual stories fit in that. It's very hard to write with like a dozen people. <laughs> so, you know, and we're going to try to pitch that to get some money for it. Um, so, yeah, just like working on a lot of weird stuff, basically. 2022 is the year of the mockumentary. You're right here. Last year when you were filming the Once in Future Smash, uh, how difficult, what were the difficulties of filming uh, over three days and during an, an actual uh, convention? Horrible. Uh, no, it was great. It was great that we had like unfettered access to the hotel and yeah. to the convention. And they just kind of, nobody really bothered us in that, in that respect. And they gave us special access to events, um, which was great. But I hate being, all right. Now I'm like major hate people and I'm agoraphobic. <laughs> um, but even before then, I hated being in crowds and all it is is just crowds. And our table that we were shooting like a lot of dialogue scenes was like at the doorway of the convention hall. So people are coming in and out and stopping and like, are just like standing in front of the camera, like as I'm trying to film. <laughs> um, so it's very stressful. Plus our actors are nearly 80 and I didn't want to work them too hard. Like, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot for a 20 year old. So, you know, we were trying to like give lots of breaks and, um, so yeah, it was just like definitely a whirlwind. It's I don't know that I'm up to that anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah glad the, I did it in the in the before times. Uh -huh. <laughs> it seems so long ago, even though it really is it like does. almost a, just a year ago. Like I yeah. think last week or something, or a yeah. couple weeks ago. No, it's a century ago, basically. Yes. Um, but yeah. But, uh, well, you mentioned though about uh, Mad Monster. Big thanks to them though for you know letting us uh, do pretty much what everyone wanted there yeah it was great <laughs> even the hotel like probably because there were just hundreds of people there were, like spending lots of money to be there we just like filmed everywhere around the hotel and i've been there. to conventions that don't i mean not even filming but aren't aren't cool with i don't know why they even booked the or let them book the conventions there because they seem they're like they don't want you there but that particular hotel is always really cool with everyone yeah we have some great shots of uh, Michael St. Michael's drinking at the bar. <laughs> Just like make me laugh, you know, <laughs> and nobody cared. It was great. Yeah. Karaoke. <laughs> I don't want to spoil the movie. That's 
practice karaoke. Yeah, we did it all. We did all the convention stuff. Yeah, which I actually had on my phone, but I have a new phone, so I actually have to believe I lost the footage of. Uh, so I can't. I can't put out a bootleg version of the movie. Did you film all the scenes on your phone? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just, just that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> my bootleg would be two minute. Would be just a five minute uh, karaoke song. Just the karaoke of the song that's not even going to be the actual song they're singing. <laughs> all right. Right. Yeah, we get flagged for multiple things probably on YouTube. Yeah, you can put it on TikTok. Yeah, but not to cut song. it down to like, I, I, everyone was pressuring me to get TikTok because they thought I would be a TikTok star for some reason. They were like, oh, you'd be, you're perfect for it. So I, I, I you did. do seem perfect for TikTok. Well, I, I, I don't even know really what TikTok is, but you're <laughs> because but you're, you're perfect. <laughs> You love to like share things. That's I true. Think, That's yeah, true. people love like that. Yeah, probably yeah. overshare things. I'm to to the degree of being very annoying. But I think that's what TikTok is for. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I think you could make a killing. So I I did two videos and then I was just like I hate TikTok and so I took it off my phone. But maybe but, uh, maybe now I should I should re-download it. I've been trying to do it for King Ghidorah to make him famous. Um. Because he has a he has an Instagram and he only has a couple hundred followers, and then I see these other dogs that do one cute thing on TikTok, and then they have tons of followers. So I've been trying to do videos for him, and it's like so annoying. Like, first of all, my phone it's records hard for me to in 4K. Get it down to under a minute. It's under a minute, and my phone is recording in 4K. I should just drop it down, but it only lets you upload 1080, and so it's like a whole process to like make them 1080. It's very annoying. You're just too high tech. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I don't know why I record these videos in 4K. It's just like what my phone is set to. <laughs> this, dog, this cute dog video needs to be 4K. I mean, 3D I think so. and yeah. We shot Bloodhound in 6K, so. <laughs> it paid off. Dude. Every every strand of furs. So you can zoom right in on it. Yeah. Well, he looks great. <laughs> yeah, he's a cutie. Yeah. But I'll give TikTok another go, I guess. <laughs> And I, I will follow King Ghidorah on TikTok. There you go. There's a, there's a uh, plug. <laughs> uh, I have this in my notes. I actually do take notes for the show. People think I'm not prepared. But uh, Michael brings up milk soda in the in the chat. <laughs> not Michael J. Epstein, the other Michael. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be in, that would be pretty oh, Yeah. Now he wants me to talk about other stuff I did. This year, this is like, this is like I'm coming back from summer vacation and I have to talk about what I did over the summer. Uh, speaking of Bob Rose, he had a thing called soda milk where they. Oh, that's where is, you got it from. Oh yeah. He and his oh, friend would just mix that. different sodas and different milks together and then taste it and, and kind of give a review, I guess. But there's like hundreds of episodes of this show, Soda Milk. And so we discovered this in like April and watched like a whole bunch and we thought it was really funny. And so then we decided to just do a fan version called Milk Soda. And of course I'm vegan, so I had to do like soy milk and Coke. Uh, it actually tasted pretty good, <laughs> but I just kind of just tried to do it as dryly like as possible. In a way. Yeah, it was like a float. Uh, so me and King Ghidorah, we did that. And then our intention was to just drop it on YouTube and never say anything to Bob until like whenever Google alerts would just tell him there was like a milk soda and like just let him discover it on his own. But then we, I got too impatient. I needed the, the feedback, you know, exactly. so we did share it with him. It was pretty funny. 
Was he was he happy that he has a, he has a fan version of? Uh, I mean, he uh, sent me a cease and desist, so <laughs> <laughs> I can't make any more milk sodas. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how he feels. We'll find out. We'll, we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> how about the big steep, which people will be able to see uh, shortly in uh, several? Yeah. Uh, when is the when is that? That's April thirteenth or the tenth. One of those two. The Big Steep was a was a movie we made because some some filmmaker friends of ours from England were over, and we were just like drunk at the bar and we're like, "This will be funny," and so we filmed it. Um, but you know, it's just a British man trying to find a good cup of tea in LA, and it's impossible. Uh, it's very uh, noir, very jazzy noir quest through Hollywood for a cup of tea, and he meets a tea genie, and it's you know things go awry. Uh, but we we filmed that like a long time ago because it sat for a while and then finally we're like we should finish this yeah. <laughs> it was just a, it was just like a joke that went too far yeah i'm not from england but i agree with them uh like now lip- you're a tea snob yeah lip lipton tea is the worst <laughs> tastes like green beans i can't have black tea like those tannins they knock me out i've got i have tea tonight instead of coffee i'm trying to drink more tea do you play the genie? No. Uh, <laughs> he plays the genie and himself. David. Let me find his last name because I'm blanking on everything today. I'm the worst. I thought this was the movie Sinbad played the genie. <laughs> yes, it's Sinbad. Michael is in it as like a guy that um, has a tea kettle. <laughs> He's like a mirage. <laughs> David Whitney. I was looking up on IMDb and it's this Mike guy who has the tea kettle. In the Mirage. Yeah, David Whitney's a comedian. He's a really funny British man who does a lot of film stuff. Um, So yeah, he was over for a film festival in LA and then got hooked up with us and it all went wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So I know you're someone who, like myself, goes to a lot of film festivals. So what's this last year been like uh, virtual festivals? It's been very weird, um, you know, because we had a bunch of shorts that, you know, were finishing up their runs or just starting their runs. So, like, we were in a lot of film festivals that were that ended up going online, uh, which is neat. And some of them managed to, like, cultivate some community better than others. Um, but I think it's just hard because, like, for us, like, going to the film festival is all about, like, being in the room, experiencing the movie together, and then, like, meeting up at the bar or wherever to talk about it and make friends. So it's like that element is kind of missing. And then it's like, you know, just me on my couch, like I could watch Columbo or I could watch the shorts block, (laughs) you know, sometimes I'm in the mood for one or the other. And it was, it's definitely hard. Uh, So yeah, it was a weird year, you know, and, you know, part of why I wasn't in a rush necessarily to like finish up these features was like, I'd rather hold them until we can all go and travel with them again so um so it's not so so bad that we're not done with the ones in future smash in my opinion um because I agree with you. the the process of bringing it around is what i'm looking forward to yeah yeah me as well well any favorite uh films of this last year that you saw that you you weren't involved in that you saw uh through the festivals oh man so many um i'm like so bad. my brain is mush it's mush uh dinner in america did you catch that one mm. i caught that at night stream it's a 
it's like a cute like punk rock like rom-com but also like just weird genre movie on top of that um that was really cute uh anything for jackson was really good yeah i loved it um there was like this weird nudist colony movie that i thought i would hate but i ended up really liking called patrick Hmm. it's the guy who was like the the crappy boyfriend in the movie revenge um i think it's like a belgian movie uh patrick but it's just like about him dealing with his grief over his father dying and losing his hammer at this nudist colony that he runs. And it's just, it's a very strange movie. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of, yeah. a lot of weird foreign. That old story again, the guy movies. losing the hammer at the nudist colony. I know. Der Schlaf was like a German movie I caught at maybe Fantasia. Um, but it was also like, it's like weird dreams in a motel, very creepy movie. Uh, kind of dealing with the fact that like a lot of Germans have Nazis in their past. Hmm. So that one was was kind of a scary one. Yeah. You know, movies still made it around. Yeah. Uh, Tristan, another question. So obviously things are different now in the world, but COVID notwithstanding, did you perform live music in LA regularly? Because I'm a big fan of your music and your voice. It's so haunting. And um, I, I've never seen you live. Yeah, that was that's funny because that was like one of my goals in 2021 was like, I was like, I'm going to get a band together in LA because, uh, you know, I performed a lot in Boston and I toured a bit. Um, but then when we moved to LA, it was just like film, film, film. It was just like all we were doing. And then like this year, I was like, no, I'm going to get a band together. And I had some friends being like, I'll be in your band. (laughs) And then I just like, I was working on so many films in like February and March. It just, I was pushing it off and off and off to like the summer. And then of course it's not happening now. Uh, But hopefully someday uh, down the line, if there's still music clubs, I would like to perform again. I've never seen you live either, actually. What? I've seen you live, but not perform music live. You've seen me in the flesh. Uh, yeah, well, you met us kind of on the tail end of our Boston journey, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we've been in L.A. like almost five years now, I guess, which is also insane because that feels like yesterday. Yeah, do you miss the snow? No. No. <laughs> The older I get, I don't eat. Yeah. Everybody's just really tired out to Palm Springs. <laughs> I've got my heater down here. I the cold used to not bother me, but now I can't stand it. Yeah. I definitely miss like the Boston music scene because like even though nobody cares like on in the outside world about what's going on in Boston, it's like the music there is so good and the clubs were so good and like I you know, a lot of them have closed, like even before yeah, I was in a, COVID. Uh, that was like part of like why I wasn't even like in like 2016, we were leaving my favorite club to play at closed. It's called TT the bears. And I was like, well, fuck it. That's like the end. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I miss it. I do miss it though. You know? Yeah. I was actually there once TT the bears. Such a good Three. club. Legendary. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Manny Serrano wants to know if ghosts go through walls and doors, why don't they fall through floors and stairs? I think they could float through a stair to like get downstairs. So it's it, they have control over it. It's not yeah, like they just they push through the wall. They can do what they want to. Yeah, I don't understand that question. Do you know which Manny this is? Yeah, Manny Serrano. Do you know him personally? I think I'm friends with him on Facebook. 
I was wondering if this was like an inside joke, but it's a <laughs> right, general. Right. I'm not missing anything. He's been, okay. no, I don't he's think been so. wondering this for years, and he thought he wants to know. The one that- I am not a ghost expert. <laughs> 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 I used to really believe in ghosts, though, as a kid, because I grew up in this like I grew up in the middle of nowhere in Western New York. And I grew up in this house that was like from the 1700s and like every sound you would hear like throughout the house. So it was very creepy and I was always scared. And like a couple times I saw stuff or talked to things that I thought were ghosts. Michael has convinced me I have a weird brain. Um, but I had these experiences as a kid where I was like, I had been talking to ghosts. <laughs> and so I really like that, like was like the horror films that would scare me the most like growing up. And now I think that's the hardest film to make is a scary ghost film because it's like it's so outrageous uh to pull off i saw a good one echoes of fear a few years ago it's true oh i'll have to catch oh, that, that. yeah i think you'd like it <laughs> jumped several times to echoes of fear <laughs> i did too. Oh. I, i'm not just saying this honestly because i i'm also not a, a big uh ghost a haunted house movie fan but i really did like echoes of fear yeah you know, I jumped to Echoes, <laughs> and I was there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> There's definitely some good jump scare moments. Yeah. 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 yeah I, and it goes on, too. Jump scare, yeah. <laughs> I do like this idea for a short film, though. It could just be really short where the ghost just falls. <laughs> falls through the stairs. Yeah. That's just the All end right. of the movie. Manny gets a story by. <laughs> he just comes in like, boo, and then he just falls. Wouldn't they just fall through the earth at some point? I mean, I'm probably overthinking this question. But <laughs> why would they stop at the ground? Is what I'm saying. You know, they. I do love like the '70s, like the the movies like like Amityville, where like a film crew shows up with all like the '70s <laughs> film equipment because it's like an audio machine like this big yeah. and like real film. And I just love watching the process of them setting all that stuff up. But it's only because I'm a film nerd. <laughs> like, I don't think the movies are that great, but there's so many of them. <laughs> I think they still do that more. So a lot of the modern ones, they still have like really old looking equipment. Do they? I, think so. I don't watch a lot of like modern paranormal movies, but I assume it's all like ring cameras and uh, cell phones. Uh, Jim McDonough wants to know, uh, what is it like having a weird exotic pet that is likely moody, spoiled, and at times neurotic and a cute dog? <laughs> I read that and I was, thinking of both Michael and the dog because they are both all of those things uh no my whole day is just like finding snacks for all the pets <laughs> for Michael and the dog it's like yeah. my whole day. A, which one's a pickier eater uh they're both pretty picky yeah King Ghidorah only like well because he has so few teeth he has to have like soft food and he wants it to be the meatiest soft food I can find so It'll spit out. There's like part, some of his food has like carrots in it, and he just spits the carrots on the rug. <laughs> so, Michael's the opposite. He needs the carrots. There, he'll spit out the mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I recognize that hallway behind you. Yeah, you stayed here. You yeah. stayed in that door that the handle yeah, in the door. Yeah. <laughs> in that closet. You stood in the doorway. <laughs> yes. And then I fell through the, the when floor. When Trista, Trista invited you over to stay at her house. Oh, yes, I doomed them. 
See, now that she knows me better, it's Doom. Before it was manifested <laughs> and it sounded all nice. And now that she knows me a little bit, yeah, she, she regrets that. <laughs> but by the way, Jim McDonough in the chat, well, in the with that question, uh, for people who don't know, did uh, Darling Pet Monkey, you guys also, you know, had part in, and that's yeah. done really well. It's done fantastic. It's so good. I like, I don't like to take much credit for it because it's all Jim, but it was part of like a larger project that Michael and I had kind of started and then got sidetracked uh, as, as far as making a movie about the stuff they used to sell in comic books. And one of the things you could buy out of the back of a comic book was an actual squirrel monkey. And so we had found this guy, Tim Tate, and he lives out, like, outside D.C., who as a kid had ordered the squirrel monkey and had this great story about like how that all went terribly, like ordering a live monkey in the mail in the sixties. So, uh, so we just gave Jim that audio and he went to town with it and it's so funny and so endearing and cute. Uh, it's done really well as it should, because it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it too. Uh, my, my grandfather actually had a spider monkey. I don't know if I ever Did he order it from the animal no, farm in Florida? He's stationed in, I'm not sure where, but overseas somewhere, uh, he had a he had a, but he wasn't allowed to bring it back. Okay, I I heard the story many times as a kid because he's very sad. They wouldn't let him bring it back because because of customs. Yeah, he should have stuck it in a shirt. (laughs) See if he survived the flight. All stretched out. Yeah, I don't know how this Florida. It was literally called Animal Farm in Florida, and I don't know how they sourced their monkeys that they just mailed to kids. It's all part of the documentary. We have to find out how they got the monkeys. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I think some other cool guys involved in that too. Yeah. In that documentary. <laughs> in uh, in sourcing illegal monkeys through customs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you give us the dirt on Michael besides uh, being a picky eater? <laughs> I don't know. He's fine. I want to just start asking that to every guest. Can you just give us the dirt? Just leave it at that, I think. Give us the dirt. (laughs) Trista, actually, how did you meet uh, Michael and Sophia? Meet Sophia here. I don't know. I think you've asked me that before, and I don't remember. Do you remember? I probably did ask you. Okay, I think. I think both of you, yeah, because I think you had conflicting stories. Yeah, no, I think I met you at a rooftop bar in LA. I think this was the first time we met for like Heather Buckley had like a, like a. Mm-hmm. a oh, was that the out? first time we met? I'm not for sure. For some reason, I thought I knew you before then, but but you could be right. It's possible. Yeah. That was an early time. Maybe not the first. That was a fun night. Yeah. And then yeah. definitely around Echoes of Fear, because that's when I met Brian and Lo was around that time um yeah so i don't know you know it's la we bump into each other That's yeah all. i feel like i may i may have known you from dark Dells. i feel like i know everyone from dark Dells. michael honest. says it was ricky's party oh you know what michael oh. here's the dirt on michael is that his memory is much better than mine <laughs> and he remembers my stuff better than i do i think it was uh ricky who did um, party huh? crash fire and yeah. suburban gothic uh really great filmmaker he had a birthday party i think that is actually where we met and we talked about mice <laughs> i think because you had done echoes of fear we were talking about mice at that birthday party 
I don't know. I'll take your <laughs> word for it. But uh, it was fun. The party after the ranger was fun too. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what that party was for. It was for the ranger. <laughs> You know, LA, like the horror community in LA is literally like 300 people. And if you go to events, you just see everybody all the time. So it's definitely, you know, you bump into each other a lot. It's much smaller than you would expect is all I'm saying. Did you know anyone out there when you, when you moved out there? Uh, I don't, Michael, JSD. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, maybe, I think we knew, yeah, I think we knew some people, um, not a ton. Uh, yeah, I think we knew some people we'd met at festivals and stuff that we hit up a little bit. Um, but mostly we just showed up like a lot of it, you know, because we'd gotten so into film in Boston. So we did three features in Boston and basically like, I felt like I could keep making like these $20,000 features in Boston for infinity. Like I could do one every year or two. And that was cool. Um, or I could go somewhere else and try to do that. Um, so, and I had been out to LA cause I work on this project called the Women of Rock Oral History Project where we go around and we interview women who do rock and roll and especially women who are like the bass player in the band. Like what's her story besides just like, you know the Courtney loves which we've been trying to get her to but um, besides just like the lead singer that everybody has the attention on we wanted to hear from like the side players and, and all that. So. It's a really cool project. There's tons of interviews on the website, womenofrock.org. Um, but I had come out here to do a couple of interviews for that. And I came home and I was like, Michael, we should move to LA because <laughs> we're vegan. And I stayed with the guy who was vegetarian and he took me to like a ton of restaurants <laughs> and it was so warm and beautiful. And I was like, you know, it's so cool out there. Let's go. And to my surprise, Michael was like, all right, let's do it next year. So then we spent like a year getting our affairs in order. And we're just like, we just took the leap. Um, and I think like the weather and the culture and everything is like what keeps us here for sure. I will say uh, the uh, it would be easy to be uh, for me to be vegan out there because every place we ate was uh, was really good food. Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely easy. And like right now too, it's like all these new restaurants are popping up. I don't know if like real estate's cheap, but it's like my Instagram is like all like new vegan restaurants I haven't been to yet. So it's a lot of places to go when you come back, Neil. Yes, yes. I've been getting vegan delivery, too, now. They yeah. have these great delivery meals. Really oh, nice. yeah, yeah, the box. The box or even, even if people, for whatever, don't want to be vegan, it's easy to eat healthy out there. You know, it's, like, it's, Where it's, I live, I, I if I get takeout, like, there's really no place I can get that's, like, good for me. It's always going to be a cheat meal for me. Right, yeah. It's, you know, it's definitely part of the culture here. It's like... <laughs> healthy but there's like you know like there's a lot of trash food vegan so oh, sure. which like but, I but, but you could still eat good like honestly if i got some get a good salad it's yeah. gonna be fried food fried or pizza yeah. or something if i yeah. want to get it's gonna be just like the most basic salad you've ever seen if yeah. i got something salad like lettuce yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 no so that all that stuff is easy out here and just like you know on the in the in boston is like i couldn't book anything from like november to march because the weather was always gonna be so bad so it's just like those months was just always stay inside and do nothing or do other things that weren't playing shows or like expecting anybody to show up somewhere in a snowstorm. Uh, and here we just don't have those seasons, like that much of a season where you can't shoot or you can't do stuff. Uh, so that was actually really cool until the pandemic too. Could always be working. Right. Uh, can you tell us about murderous space fatherfuckers? <laughs> 
Yeah, that's a, so Sick and Wrong Film Festival, which is one of the fun uh, online, it was online this year, it's usually in Florida, right. um, film festivals. They actually had a really great program because it's all weirdo films more than like horror comedy or something. It's just like weird shit. Uh, so they were one of my favorite fests, but they did a, like a film challenge for fun, like a quarantine film challenge where you had a weekend to do a movie. Um, did they give us? They gave us like a mood and maybe a theme or something, but we just like made this crazy animated thing about aliens coming to earth and abducting the leader, which of course is King Ghidorah. And then he just like poops all over their spaceship and <laughs> they send him back. <laughs> but we made it in a weekend for this film debacle, this like a wrong film debacle. It was just fun little thing. And I think you played it, you know? Yeah. 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 It's cool. Yeah, it got it, it was I think I don't think it won, but it, it got uh, it it was nominated. It got a it was up for awards. Okay. Wow. Yeah, you know, King Ghidorah is is a star, so Exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> and I I wanted to say the name, Murderous Space Fatherfuckers. Was... Yeah, there's a song where I got to sing that. It's pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> you should put that out as a single. Right? It's only like ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just loop it for two minutes and it's a song. That's perfect for TikTok. There you go. It's true. That is true. The audience for TikTok. I remember, uh, I don't want to make fun of me, but it was uh, a few years ago I did a short film, and uh, which never been released, but the uh, I was the oldest person on set, and one of the younger uh, like 20 something and he also did podcast and he kept saying that all his podcast he made 90 seconds or less for uh for instagram and i and and then i told him that some of my interviews were four hours and both of us were totally couldn't understand either either person yeah but i, I still don't understand because i went and looked and the and the and the podcast it wasn't even complete sentences it was like just sound bites it was an interview, but it was sound. And it wasn't like this is a highlight. Go, go, listen the whole thing. That was the whole podcast. I was, I was, I didn't understand. Yeah, but it had a lot of hits. So what do I know? You just gotta cut it up one minute at a time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna edit this one down to <laughs> minute, yeah. forty-eight seconds. <laughs> it'll just be murderous space, fatherfuckers, and King Ghidorah, and Perfect. a ghost falling through the floor. Perfect. Krista, do you have a question? Do you have any my nonsense? <laughs> do you have any advice for aspiring creatives? It comes up a lot. Um, you know, like we're very DIY, and I think that's how you have to be now. And the people that I see having success, especially on the indie level, like do everything themselves. And just because of cost and depending on other people and stuff, I think that's the way it's got to be. So, if you want to make films, like get a camera and start off with a crappy one if you have to and you can download DaVinci Resolve for free and make your movies um, and learn how to edit and learn how to light and learn how to shoot and do all those things and then when you actually have a crew of people you know exactly what to tell them that you want and it, it places you in a better position on set as a director as well if you actually know what each job entails and you know like if there's a problem with what's happening <laughs> you know like if the lab placement is totally stupid like you can be like well why are you doing this <laughs> you know? um you know as an example but i think that's the biggest thing these days is you just have to know how to do every single piece of the puzzle 
and that's kind of how we approached music. Like I never really had a lesson in anything. It's just like, I want to sing songs. I'm going to play guitar. I'm going to play drums. I'm going to sing. I'm going to do all this stuff. And then when we transitioned to music videos, it was like the first couple we did with directors and they came out really nice. And then we're like, let's do this. We can just buy a crappy camera. And we did. And then the first bunch were fine. Not great, but fine. <laughs> and then they got gradually got better. And same thing with our movies. Like we're finally getting to a, a point where the movies mostly look like what I want them to look like. <laughs> I still, I, you know, I'm a perfectionist, so I'm always reaching uh, for what I know is, is possible. But I mean, I think that's good. I don't think there'll ever be a movie that I think is like, this was my perfect vision. But, um, but yeah, that's all. Just you get better each time with each project. How did you go about learning the different aspects of uh, filmmaking? It's exactly that. It was just, uh, just doing it. And, you know, and I started just get you just getting jobs on every set I could and in Boston that's not like a lot of sets but you know I, I was on a couple features as an assistant camera in Boston and like got to ask questions and got to do all that um you know I would help out as a PA on my, my friend's sets and and then just doing our own stuff like so our own stuff was like I ended up doing like almost all the wardrobe and all the art department and all the location searching it's like all that pre-production even now I still do all of it uh, for better or worse, I would love to have help, but I can't afford it. So <laughs> it's usually just me. Um, so it, yeah, it's just all those little pieces. And it's like, you know, after a while, you know what, what things need to be done. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just doing it. And then, and then observing on other people's sets, like out in LA, I work as an assistant camera or camera operator usually. Uh, where I get to see like how the bigger people with a little bit more money, how do they do it? Uh, and how many people are needed to do these jobs that I usually do myself. Uh, so that was kind of eye opening too. When I came out here, I was like, Oh, okay. Like they've got a, a whole truck for just C stands. Like, cool. <laughs> you know? Which, you know, in your brain, but then to see it, you're like, Oh, okay. You got one guy that's allowed to touch these C stands. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's just like getting out there and seeing as many sets as you can and doing your own stuff. It's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie and say there's like a secret. There's not. It's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, you uh, designed these, I believe. I did. (laughs) Going back to the art department. I love art department, but um, I I, I call these my Photoshop disasters whenever I have to do something in in Photoshop. Because, again, it's another thing I taught myself how to do, so it's always like all wacky. Uh, But two strudels were in clickbait. So clickbait was our first feature that we made out in LA and you know, it's about social influencers having a a Michael Myers esque stalker. Uh, And those were just supposed to be a breakfast item in the movie, you know? So I was like, all right, you know, like, let's just make it rather than have like it be normal Rice Krispies or something. (laughs) I was like, I'll make like a ridiculous toaster pastry. And then it just spiraled out of control because literally it was just supposed to be a one scene, just like not even, really mentioned or like concentrated on at all. And it just, everybody went crazy with the two turtles, like the cast, the crew, they were filming their own like TikToks of them. I don't think TikTok existed yet, but basically. Right. TikTok you invented TikTok. I invented TikTok for two turtles. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was, so when we got into Boston Underground Film Festival, which is like our favorite home film festival, uh, they were like, you have to bring two turtles. <laughs> <laughs> they said we had to do it. And so we ended up just printing out stickers and putting them on generic toaster pastries that we got at the dollar store. Uh, so apologies to anybody that actually ate those. I'm glad you just still have them on your shelf. 
now they're very excited. I was going to eat it live on the show, but you warned me beforehand not to do it. Well, they're like four years old now, so it's kind of yeah. getting they, I mean, maybe they eat like fine wine. I've heard, I've heard. Yeah. Maybe it's like, you know, you can bring that down to the bunker and eat that in 20 years. It's probably going to be fine. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to sell it on eBay. <laughs> I think most people ate them in the theater. Probably. I, I kept two because I was going to send one to, uh, or maybe I did send it. I, I think I sent the eggplant one to Jason. <laughs> nice. Uh, Bob Rose, uh, pray, I think you were only supposed to take one. So I, I do admit I took two. Sorry. Bob Rose, pray. Cost me 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> I will pay for Venmo or whatever people use now. Bob Rose praised the Sophia cinematography. Shiny diamonds looked gorgeous, as does everything she shoots. Ah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's my, uh, I love cinematography. And that goes back to, like, high school and stuff. I used to film, like, all the plays and sports games. And so, like, it was, like, a thing I was into already. And then once we started doing music videos, I was like, yes, let's do this. And then uh, it's just been a slow process of, like, learning everything there is to know, but I love all the little technical things <laughs> so it's like just my brain loves it just like the, how everything fits together um so yeah so i've been doing more and more cinematography and like we've shot all our recent movies with friends and ourselves so it's cool where can people find your music um probably my website is the best place to find most of this stuff there's like trailers to all the recent shorts that aren't out yet and in the music it's just my name sophiacassiola.com uh and launchover.com is our production company but my main band if you want to go on spotify my main band for a long time was called do not forsake me oh my darling and i don't know if i'm going to keep that name going forward when i'm doing new music but maybe it's very long, but I like it's it. Very long. It was around the time of like really long band names, like okay. "And You Will Know Us" by the Trilla Dead. I was like, people can say that. They can say, "Do not forsake me, oh my darling," uh, but it it was long. Yeah, that was before like Twitter though, because I I don't think they let you put it like a really long Twitter handle. Yeah, we were like DNF MOMD on Twitter for a while. <laughs> Just the initials, which is like, again, I was like, you know, if you think people can remember KMFDM, they can remember DNF and <laughs> I'm not sure. But you know what I found out from Jeopardy? Because I'm an old person that watches Jeopardy every night. Uh, thanks, pandemic. Uh, lemurs, suppose, suppose I've got to research this because it was just a Jeopardy question. But lemurs are or, like the word lemur comes from restless ghosts. Because somebody thought that's what lemurs looked like. Really? Ghosts, yeah. So this is coming all the way back around. But I was like, that is a great band name, Restless Ghosts. It is. I like it. <laughs> lemur and the Restless Ghosts. <laughs> now get rid of the lemur part. <laughs> Unless you want to be. The lemur. lemur doesn't sound like Restless Ghosts. Hmm. No, it doesn't. I don't know what language this. I see. I have oh, I to see, research it. I'm just believing. Jeopardy. Yeah, you never question Jeopardy if it's on there. You just assume I mean, it's true. You assume they have a good. Yeah, you don't yell at a fake news. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you have a favorite uh, uh, new host of Jeopardy? The, the, the guest host? I mean, I think it's just got to be Ken Jennings. Come on. <laughs> but, you know, he's, he's off now. Maybe he'll come back. We'll see. All right. Trista, you have another question? Trista, did you have a question? Yeah, you. Uh oh. Did we lose Trista? You're frozen. 
Oh, wait. Are, are we having connection problems? You're back. Oh, we hear you now. I think she's still frozen, though. Oh, I think I think we can see her moving. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Am I am I happening? Yeah, yeah you're moving around. Okay, yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm doing it. Okay. Um. So, Sophia, uh, you mentioned launch over, but can you talk? Uh, am I still working? Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Oh, good. You guys keep freezing because you're listening. Right. <laughs> you're listening crazy. intently. <laughs> So can you um, talk more about LaunchOver and, and what kind of projects you guys uh, focus on? Yeah, uh, so LaunchOver is just my production company with Michael, Jay Epstein, who is my partner. Um, I don't know what else to say about him, he's fine. Uh, <laughs> no, I met Michael <laughs> when I moved to Boston, I started going to this folk rock club that had an open mic and I was like, this is gonna be it. I wanna be a folk rock <laughs> person. Um, and through this open mic, I don't know. I was 17. I didn't know what I was doing. But that's where I met Michael. And we just immediately became friends and started collaborating on stuff. So, you know, that's launch over is like we're our house for us collaborating on, on projects. So, which is named after, I don't know if we've officially said this in a thing, but there used to be these YouTube videos of the um, GI Joes where some guy like redubbed over them. This is like early youtube stuff uh the gi joe psas and it was like some kids on skateboards and there's like an electrical line and they're like we're gonna launch over that and so we just thought that was funny and it became our production company forever because now we can't get rid of it because it's our llc too anyway i just had to point out that it was a dumb meme from 25 <laughs> years ago that we're named after um, so you know it's mostly our projects but we also end up producing like people's shorts sometimes uh, and if we end up producing it, usually I'm shooting it and Michael's taking an active production role in it. Um, but yeah, it's like we don't do drama because we don't really understand or like dramas. We do <laughs> we do a lot of horror, a lot of horror comedy somehow. It's just like I wouldn't ever say that I do horror comedy, but a lot of our stuff ends up being very comedic. Uh, I think just because we're pranksters and we like to joke around a lot and then it just kind of bleeds into our work. Um, and then some, I wish it was more sci-fi. There's some sci-fi, uh, that we end up doing. Um, but yeah, so, you know, a lot of genre stuff. I like to have a lot of women in our projects. Um, so yeah, just kind of social, political. We try to get in some jabs here and there in the work. Uh, but yeah, that's basically just where it's our umbrella for our features. And that's the launchover.com. Yeah. Yeah. That was a very also, long a podcast is a it's a, which oh I, my god the boss the boss <laughs> <laughs> I was what is the is the I don't know is it on hiatus is it coming back did you enjoy the process of making a podcast I did you know what like we've just been busy <laughs> no, no I like the podcast this so the podcast was intended to be like what are we working on and right. we talked to our friends that are working on stuff with us and then we talked about what movies we watched and we did a bunch and uh then just like since January we've been so busy with work that we haven't done one since but we intend to come back to it we never got to do like a roundup of our favorite movies <laughs> or anything because <laughs> we're just so lazy but yeah no we intend to to come back to the podcast uh at some point all right good. maybe soon all right 
I won't, I won't fine you or anything. But I was saying the bot because it's on the the Without Your Head Network. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm and we're very happy to have you there. <laughs> I think it was the first show we added when we started it. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Long says, "Praise be Sophia Cassiola." Jeremy Long is an awesome com- comedian and writer who wrote the original sc- script to Clickbait. So, yeah, go watch Clickbait. <laughs> and Launchover actually posted the interview with me. Unlike many interviews I do, never see the light of day for some reason, but th- that, that one you can actually listen to. Yeah, you came on our podcast. Yeah, yeah. I love going and spending an hour and a half of my time, and then it, and then it, no one puts it up into the void. That's yeah. how you got to do it like this, where it's just immediately posted. Sure. <laughs> I have no choice. I can't Great. feel like my time. I love it. <laughs> uh, Tristan, do you have another question? Uh, I think you're a very underrated actor. I'm wondering if you audition or work on other people's projects, or if you mostly. Uh, just act in your stuff because you're great. Thank you. <laughs> I think you're like the, one of the greatest actors I've worked with so far. So that's very nice to hear that coming from you. Um, oh, thank you. But uh, yeah, I like acting. I think it's fun, but I end up doing it in our projects usually out of necessity or like we just don't want to bother with other people, but we want to make a dumb short. So like, I'll, I'll be in it or Michael will be in it. Um, but yeah, I actually like this year in this pandemic, I've, I've done some self-taping for people's projects, like mostly like mockumentaries and stuff like people have been asking me to do like little things for. So it's fun. I always love acting. I have gone on a few auditions, which, you know, in L.A. is like a harrowing experience, like to walk into the room with like your headshot and be like, I'm here. I don't know. I think also because like I'm not that young and I'm not that thin. It's always like this like once they see me they're like oh okay you're not like what we thought so I'm hoping my time will come my dream roles is going to be like the creepy grandma (laughs) you know this is not how I see you at all yeah I don't think anyone I want to be the sassy grandma in like the wheelchair like you children You know, I like do you think you make a great owl, though. I want yeah. you to reprise the owl. <laughs> You've seen the owl scene? <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah, it's that was intense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have no excuses for that owl other than, again, comedy somehow. No, I'm being sincere. <laughs> I really love it. I, I do, like, I find myself drawn to your characters. You have such a wide range, and I always believe it. And, and uh, you're very good at uh, deriving empathy. And it's not just because I know you, because I, I watch, I have lots of people that work in film that I know so, but I'm always drawn to your performance. It's always very natural and uh, very understated and hilarious and um, sensitive. You're just a great actor, I think. Oh, thank you. Yeah. My favorite yeah. tip, my favorite acting tip I ever read, which like, uh, is this a funny thing? Because, like, I think in, like, a lot of, like, low-budget things, people, like, want to nod and smile a lot. <laughs> and, like, I think, like, I felt myself doing that when I was first trying to act. Uh, but, like, the greatest thing was, like, Robert De Niro being, like, if somebody says something sad to you in a movie, like, don't move your face at all. <laughs> and he's, like, the audience will just plug it in for you. Just don't 
make any movement. <laughs> and I was like, you know, like if the camera angles right and everything, like that can be a moment. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. I agree that like uh, there's something to be said for always doing less. I think that's yeah. something I work on, always doing less and less. And what helps that is uh, working with really good people because sometimes if you're working opposite people, uh, you know, when someone's coming at you with too much, it's really hard to like save a scene by doing less and less and less. Yeah. yeah but, um, you end up wanting to do what they're doing, kind of, or bring it up to like their, you know, or their like, level of like trying to save something or um, yeah. contribute. But but when you're with like real professionals and technical professionals, I think there's something to be said for just existing and and reacting, right? Obviously, yeah. but you're very you're a very great actor. You're a very natural actor, and I always in your work. Um, yours and Michael's projects. I'm always looking for you. I'm always excited to see you. I always want more of your character. Thank you. Well, yeah. I'll try. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to talk to Michael. <laughs> like my character in Clickbait, uh, I don't know if you saw Clickbait, but like in Clickbait, I'm like the creepy neighbor who probably like murdered her husband and put him no, in. No, I thought you were funny. <laughs> that's, like, that's like what I imagine my, my, uh, my personality <laughs> <laughs> it's like swilling bourbon and murdering people uh, <laughs> but I think like going back to acting too because like because I do so much camera my tip for actors is to understand camera angles and understand when is a wide and when is their close-up because like what you can be doing in a wide or a close-up is way different because like in a close-up you can't be moving you can't be going in and out or doing all this stuff because you're gone you're just off screen uh, and that drives me crazy as a focus puller and it drives me crazy as a camera <laughs> when people just move too much um so yeah that's my pet peeve with actors you're doing too much Do and it helps you to conserve your emotions too like i always yeah. want to know what my frame is because i'm not gonna cry on the wide shot and yes. then have nothing for the close-up that would be terrible yeah so many sets I'm on, I will whisper to people that need to cry in a scene if they're not in the shot. Like if it's the back of their head. I'll oh, that's so nice of <laughs> you. Like, you're an I, angel. I'll <laughs> notice like nobody's told them. They don't know what the hell's going oh, on. Oh yeah. And then they'll, make, they'll do it 20 times. And then they'll be like, now we're coming in for your close up. And I'm like, And what? you're dried out. You have no more. Yeah. Time. I've been crying for days. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. I always try. I always try to tell them. That's <laughs> Say very <it>. sweet. <laughs> What's well, interesting? It goes back to a lot of things you said. Do, working on each different uh, aspect, you know, helps out in in other ways. Yeah. Well, certainly, like I think, you know, for writing and for acting, like you're not going to understand like how things translate on screen until you've done a few projects and then you see how it came out, you know, like, I think like just seeing yourself in a scene is so valuable. Uh, then you start to pick up on things that don't necessarily work. <laughs> and uh, so launchover.com, I think we said it's a website. Yeah. That's this, us. This has been very fun. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, we should Good do this more you. often. Well, I have to beat Michael. So <laughs> oh, you meant in appearances? Yes. Oh, I thought you meant after the show. That's <laughs> yeah, I have to beat him with sticks. After the show. We'll let you go then. <laughs> Very busy. It's for a worthy cause. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, this is great. Thanks. It was great seeing you. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for watching. And for the fun uh, comments here. And we'll talk to everyone soon. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.